inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he. You are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. You have to forgive me for my voice. <coughs> I am uh, a little bit congested. I don't know if it's allergies or what, but the last two days uh, I have been bedridden. So uh, apologize for my uh, cough, apologize for my congestion, uh, but the show must go on. And today we're going to expand. You know, I've been doing a series uh, called uh, Understanding, and what we've been going into is the um, psychometrics, you know, to be able to measure the mental aspect of someone. What are their likes? What are their dislikes? Uh, Under pressure, are they going to respond A, B, or C? Um, What are their wants? What are their needs? And this is a really important subject to cover because we seem to be in the me world. You know, it's all about me, my fears, my doubts, my wants, my likenesses. You know, I'm uh, counseling a couple. Uh, They're supposedly both supposed to be Christians. Uh, They're both graduates of mine. One went through my training about a year, year and a half ago, and another one about three months ago. They've been married for 10 years, and they're thinking about a divorce. And it was interesting because they're supposed to, again, as I said before, they're both supposed to be Christians. And so all this time that we're talking last night for about an hour, very seldom did God ever come into the picture. And it's interesting because, you know, the, one of the most important questions we've got to ask is, who am I? But in that question also is, whose am I? And these are important questions because uh, the question of identity, the question of spirit, uh, those are the two biggest questions we ever ask in life. We talk a lot about the logical levels, uh, and the highest level is spirit, and right below that's identity. And change takes place from the top down, not from the bottom up. And uh, the levels at the bottom are much easier to change than the levels at the top. And so those two questions of whose am I and who am I are the top two tiers of the existential equations. And so yesterday, went in depth on the innate intellect. Uh, I merged for you uh, multiple intelligences, uh, dermatoglyphics, uh, and a lot of other stuff, uh, fingerprints, and uh, I did not get enough time to cover all the details. So today I want to finish it up. Uh, I want to go into what your fingerprints tell, and that's actually what today's title is, the story of your fingerprints. You know, if you watch CSI or if you watch... uh, 48 hours or dateline and i love those uh those uh, i don't know what they call them. they call them crime stories but they're real life stories about death and crime and murder and all that but they're played out you know over an hour tv show and it always goes back to the uh, you know the forensic evidence you know dna or fingerprints right and think about that why because it's science right and what you got to know is that your fingerprints are a catalog system. Your fingerprints are very much like those barcodes. You ever see them? You ever pick up a, um, a, a can or a box at a grocery store? 
And now a lot of stores have you self-checkout, right? My little boy loves to self-checkout with me. And so what you do is you find the little product, and then you look for the barcode on it. And then once you find the barcode, then you scan that barcode. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Right? And from that, right, from that, it tells you everything you need to know. Most importantly, it tells you what the cost of that item is. But that barcode puts a lot of information on it. The barcode aids in inventory tracking and management, shipping and transportation, product identification. Uh, it has a lot number, so it can be tracked in case there's a problem with that product, in case it makes people sick. Uh, it's tied to an organization. And nowadays with technology, uh, with those codes that they put on those packages, now they can actually tell where they are in shipment. So they can tell you when you're checking, you're tracking your shipment, where it's at. How do they know that? Because of a barcode. See, and a box in a warehouse that's labeled with a barcode can disclose lots of things. It tells what the product is. It tells the product specification, the size, color, type, etc. The production time and date. The production location. Specific warehouse location. The operator of who produced the items. All that is from that little bitty barcode. Wow! And I'm going to tell you right now, we have such a barcode. And I want to go into depth a little bit more today in fingerprints. The study of fingerprints is called dermatoglyphics. Dermatoglyphics. Uh, And it's basically, if you look at the word, we talked about it yesterday, it's skin carvings. Your fingerprints are skin carvings. And your fingerprints don't only identify uh, who you are. Because if you commit a crime, right, they get a fingerprint, and I don't care if it's 30 or 40 or 50 years later, they're going to catch you. They're, you know, with forensics, uh, uh, the technology of forensics increasing, they, they're solving crimes from 20, 30 years ago all the time. Because your fingerprints will tell who you are. But what I want you to know is your fingerprints tell a lot more than that. There are organizations, there are civilizations that would use your fingerprints to decide what type of job you're good for or not good for. And today I want to go through some of that detail because I believe, and this is again up for debate, that there are basically four types of fingerprints. There are whorls, there are loops, there are arcs, and there are composites, blends. You can call them accidentals, you can call them a lot of things. And those fingerprints tell a lot about you. Matter of fact, from the innate intellect, uh, what it does, it it tells you your eight intellects. Remember, we talked about Dr. Howard Gardner. I'm going to revise in the next segment, remind you who Dr. Gardner was, and remind you that he identified eight ways that every single human being uh, is intelligent. Now, the fingerprinting and Dr. uh, Gardner have nothing to do with each other. I want to make sure you're clear on that. But what I like about the two, because I believe they belong together, even if those two organizations didn't merge them, Because Dr. Gardner identifies the eight ways we can all be smart. And through the fingerprint profile, the innate intellect profile, it will identify those eight uh, intellects. We call them intellects. Gardner calls them intelligences. Uh, An intellect is something before the processor. Uh, An intelligence is something that comes out of the processor. And so I want to show you these eight different intellects, eight different ways we're all smart, number one. And number two. Some of the uh, tendencies, if you will, of the fingerprint patterns. Because like everything else, they tell a story. Can you work well on your own? Are you self-driven? 
are you influenced by other people? Or are you, once you believe in something, are you not easily swayed? See, your fingerprints can tell you a lot about that. And why does this matter? Because if I can understand you a little bit better, and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't it make sense we're in a position to have a better relationship? The Bible tells us to live a self-examined life. We're to examine ourselves, to uh, see if we're still in the faith, to know where we're going, doing well, and to know where we're falling short. But I'm going to tell you, your fingerprints are basically <coughs> God's barcode for you. God's barcode for you. He put a lot of information in there. And what you need to understand is your potential. See, in your fingerprints, I believe, is your potential. It's your capacity. It's your ability. But the problem is, if you're not exposed in a healthy way, if you don't have a good experience, then all the potential in the world. You know, Jesus used to talk about the, uh, the, the seed and the soil. The seed is the word of God, but the soil is the heart. And so the word of God is always the word of God. But in some soil it prospers, and some soil it doesn't. In some soil it sprouts quickly and then dies. In some soils it grows with weeds. It's the same thing with your abilities. You might be gifted. You might have all the potential in the world. But if your soil isn't going to do something about it, if you're not committed to, to be better today than you were yesterday, better tomorrow than today, then you're just leaving it on the table. And of the two places to leave your stuff on the table or in the field, the table is not the one you want. We want to leave it on the field. So I'm Mr. Black, and today we're talking about the story of your fingerprints. And we'll be back in a couple minutes. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. We are living life like it matters, even when we're sick, even when we don't have much creativeness coming out of us. You know, the show must go on. Uh, so apologize for my voice and my low energy and my nasalness, uh, but uh, I got a little bug crawled inside of me, maybe a little uh, allergy, I don't know. But keep me your thoughts and prayers, because I head out to to Arkansas tomorrow, and I'm uh, going to be doing a class uh, Thursday through Saturday. Today, we're talking about the story of your fingerprints. And you know, of all the uh, billions or trillions of people that have lived, uh, your fingerprints are unique to you. They're absolutely unique. 
I always like to, you know, cover all the pieces. That's what's great about this radio show. That's what's great about my training. And you go to likeitmatters.net to read about it. Is I incorporate all the sciences. You know, I do a lot of the disciplines of psychology and communication, uh, transactional analysis with Dr. Eric Byrne. My master, I'm a master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming, which is the work of doctors Milton Erickson, Virginia Satir, and since then, since the 70s, many, many more. Uh, multiple intelligences that we've been talking about with Dr. Howard Gardner, a logotherapy, Dr. Victor Frankel, a constant never-ending improvement, Dr. Edwards uh, Deming, emotional intelligence, Dr. Dan Goldman and others, uh, the Word of God. You know, I, I put it all together. Psychology, biology, physiology, theology, uh, you name it. Uh, and it's a unique way to see everything uh, clearly. And so today... We're talking about these fingerprints, because think about this. Why would you have a print on your fingers that nobody else has? I mean, isn't that interesting? If you think about the creator of the universe, and he knows far more than we can ever even comprehend or even come close to imagining, right? I always say, how do you put the Pacific Ocean in the Sani water bottle? How do you take the ultimate knowledge of the omniscient God and put it into a finite human brain, right? Yeah, how do you take the Pacific Ocean and put it in a 20 ounce water bottle? That's my point. That's the analogy, that's the comparison. But so I always like to, I love science. And you know, I'm a, I'm a Trump supporter. Uh, I'm a, a white evangelical, which makes me the biggest threat to American that's democracy for some reason. Mic. Yeah, put it, put it down. Right? And yet I believe in science. I love science. I do not have a blind faith. I have a very logical faith. Uh, that's why I believe the Bible says be prepared to share with people why you have the good news that you have. And so let's go to Science Struck. This is sciencestruck.com. Uh, and uh, fingerprint patterns, identifying the different types easily. It says every person in the world possesses a unique set of fingerprints. However, the differences between some can be very subtle. By studying the arrangement, shape, size, and number of each of lines in each fingerprint, experts have been able to classify them into unique patterns which are used for identification. Now, every person in the world possesses a unique set of fingerprints. However, the differences between some can be subtle. Okay? So, did you know? It is estimated that the chances of one person's fingerprints matching up exactly with someone else's is only about 1 in 64 billion. No, I didn't think it was even that close. Yeah, but 1 in 64 billion. In the days gone by, many civilizations would use tattooing, branding, and even maiming as means of identifying people, right? As populations grew, they wanted to identify people. Why do you think eventually we're going to go to a barcode? I can have a number of a beast on our forehead or on the back of our hand, right? Because those are places that are not covered. And so it's a way to organize us. And I believe that the God of the universe, a God of order, did the same thing. It was to organize us. So fingerprinting. Most of today of us are aware of the basic fact that each and every individual possesses a unique set of ridges on their hands and fingers, using them to identify people not really accepted or even fully understood until the early 1900s. So the FBI established its first fingerprinting identification division, ready, 1924. So not even 100 years ago. This shows you how rapidly technology advances. 
So with your collection, at that time in 1924, they had 810,188 fingerprint files, okay? And they were mostly taken from the Fort Leavenworth Penitentiary, all right? So it is said before the digitization of the records, FBI's fingerprint collection had become so massive that if one would have piled up all the fingerprint cards in their files, he or she would have ended up with, ready for this, 133 stacks, each as tall as the Empire State Building. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, it's fascinating. Now, I believe, and I forgot this because I haven't worked in the fingerprinting field for about about four years, basically. Uh, I've, I've done about 408 intellect profiles where I can capture your fingerprints and give you a 37-page print out of your brain. And so one of the women I met while I was doing this from India, her name was Bijal. And uh, I had met her. She had come over to America. Uh, she had reached out to me because she would saw the book I would written on fingerprinting and all that. Uh, and she reached out to me. And so we had a somewhat of a relationship. She went through my training. We had a good connection and all that. And then we, we basically went our own way. And so she reached out to me a couple weeks ago. And we're going to be doing some work together. But I forgot she had brought up. So how many fingerprints do you believe there are? And this is a great question because... With people who work with dermatoglyphics, that's a question. It kind of gives you cred or no cred. Uh, some people say there's 12 different types of fingerprints. Some people say there's three different types. Some people say there's four different types. I believe that there's basically four different types of fingerprints. And each one tells a little bit about that person, okay? And it tells not just their identification, but it tells their propensities. It also will tell you their eight intellects that Dr. Gardner identified. It'll tell you the speed of the intellect. It'll tell you the processor in the intellect. It'll also tell you the percentage that this person processes visually, auditorily, kinesthetically. It'll tell you uh, what percentage they are right-brained and left-brained. It can also give you quotients, not just an intellectual quotient, IQ, not just an emotional quotient, EQ, but an adversity quotient, how do you handle things when things go awry, when things go amok? And for me, that's when I'm in my forte. Uh, when things are chaotic, when things are crisis, I do my best, just that's to let it, you know. Man. Some over, people, man. It's game it, over. Yeah, some people, when it's chaotic, they do their worst. But for me, I do my best. So let me tell you what I believe the three fingerprint uh, types are. There's loops. Now, loops make up, you ready for this? About 70% of fingerprint patterns. So majority of people have loops. Uh, they originate from one side of the finger. They curve around or upward before exiting on the other side. A loop pattern always comprises one delta, which is roughly a triangular formation in the pattern. Now, let me tell you one of the big tendencies of loop. They are effective. Matter of fact, the loop fingerprint is called effective. That means you can be affected by your environment. Can't we all just get along? They're people people, right? Loops make up 70% of fingerprint patterns. And the thing about a loop is they are affected by their environment. Don't you see why it's so important, why we're a group of sheep, sheeple? We're, we're, we're moving by the masses. We're just one big mass. Because a lot of people are influenced by their environment. You look at the whole uh, white privilege movement, the whole BLM, the whole critical race theory. You see a lot of white liberals on the other side. Why? Because we all want to get along. We all want to fit in. We all want to be liked. Uh, we, all, we don't want to be ex, uh, excommunicated for having a different belief. We are very much driven by our environment. 
And so if you're around church folk, you'll act churchy. If you're around non-church folk, you'll act non-churchy. That's how a lot of people are. They're very affected by their environment. And it makes up 70%. <coughs> now, the others is arcs. They say arches by arcs. Arcs are only 5% of fingerprint patterns. And in my study, arcs dictate uh, unlimited potentiality, genius potential. Now, the thing about arcs, they're either on or they're off. This is where um, I'm schizophrenic and so am I. This is where someone can be so smart and yet lack common sense. They're either all in or they're all out. It's either on or off. It's good or bad. You know, the arc is a blessing, but it could also be a curse. Uh, and I've, I've taken fingerprints from people who all 10 of their fingerprints are arcs. Uh, and, uh, man, they're kind of lost some of them. They're genius potential, uh, unlimited uh, possibilities. But yet a lot of them, because of a lack of experience, a lack of proper exposure, they've actually done nothing with the potentiality. The third type is whorls. Whorls constitute around 25% of patterns, uh, percent of patterns of everybody. They are circular, spiral, you know, they're that target. Uh, they're similar to eddies. A pattern that contains two or more deltas will always be a whorl pattern. Uh, and there are many subtypes uh, of whorls, just like there are subtypes of arcs, and there are subtypes of loops. And then I believe the fourth style, the fourth style is composite. It's a blend. Uh, sometimes there's things called accidentals. But for me, in my work, that's what I call the four fingerprint patterns. And the cool thing about each one is they have their own propensities. Like someone like a whirl, like eight out of ten of my fingerprints are whirls. Self-driven. Uh, whirl is the slowest processor that you basically go around in a loop. If you look around, swirl around, swirl around, swirl around, swirl around. And then you get to the center and you, you set. You have what's called a set. And it's a belief system. And once that's established, it's hard to change your mind. Worlds are self-driven. Worlds can work on their own. Worlds are not affected by their environment like loops are. And so after the break, I'm going to go into detail, but I'm also going to go into detail of Dr. Gardner's um, eight intellects because these eight intellects are fascinating to me. You know, we're all smart enough. A lot of us have been told we're not enough. We're not smart enough. We're not tall enough. We're not good looking enough. We're not endowed enough. We're not rich enough. We're not this enough. We're not black enough. We're not white enough. And I'm going to tell you right now, God made you for a purpose. God made you unique and you are more than enough. You have all the intellect, all the intellect. Listen to what I'm saying. All the intellect. Now, has it turned into intelligence? We don't know. Has it been processed? Have you put it through the processor? We'll find out after the break. I am Black, and we'll be right back. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. 
Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Living life like it matters. And today we're talking about the story of your fingerprints. We're talking about dermatoglyphics. And what we're doing is we're specifically talking about the innate intellect profile. We've been doing a series called Understanding. And in that process is about understanding other people. Because if I can understand you a little bit better and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't it make sense we're in a position to have a better relationship? And so in this uh, psychometrics, which we've been studying, uh, now we're covering the innate intellect, which is basically capturing your fingerprints and then giving you a 37-page print of your brain. Now, I want to make sure you understand this is not palm reading, okay? Please hear that. But this is how palm reading works. Someone could look at certain things in your palm and make vague generalizations. And then they want to propel it forward to your future. And by the way, you're never to seek a palm reader. Uh, God says you're to depend on him, only him. The Bible is pretty clear. You don't play with the spirit world. And so please hear the palm. Yeah, palm readers tell you about your fingerprints and your handprints. And then they want to project that in the future and tell you your future. Please hear, that is not what we're doing. That's an abomination in God. I would never do something that is not an abomination in God. This is about your past. See, your fingerprints are about your past. From the day you were born, actually from the 13th to 21st weeks, your fingerprints come in. So they never change. By the way, every other hand, uh, every other line on your hands and on your feet changes based on experience. But your fingerprints never, ever, ever change. So when I capture your fingerprints and give you a, uh, an innate intellect report, a, what we call a brain map, it's not telling you about your future. It's telling you about how God made you. It's telling you about your potentiality. It's telling you what type of processor God gave you. For I'll use the game analogy. Some of you got an X, uh, Xbox 360. Some of you got an Xbox One processor. Some of you got a Switch. Some of you got a PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4, maybe a PlayStation 2 or 1. It's your processor. And if you know anything about game systems, uh, your processor dictates how vivid, how incredible the game, the details of the game. And certain games, you have to have certain processors to even activate. Without the proper experience and without the proper exposure, they can't even be accessed. And that's how we are as well. So let me bring a little bit of information. Let me remind you about who uh, Dr. Howard Gardner is. Dr. Howard Gardner is a tenured professor at Harvard University. Uh, He challenged the traditional model of intelligence uh, that is accepted and perpetuated in society and basically come up with what he called multiple intelligences. It's fascinating. Dr. Gardner studied early childhood development in the brain, especially in relation to the ramifications to the different parts of our abilities and intellects based on the damage to corresponding lobes of the brain. That is fascinating. Do you know how they really do brain research? Is they take people who have brain damage, and then they see the effects of it. So it's almost a reverse engineering. That's how they figure out how the brain works and what parts of the brain cover different things. It's usually through people who have been brains damaged. And in the early 80s, Dr. Gardner developed the concept of multiple intelligences. Now, he's written extensively on the subject as considered the father of MI, multiple intelligences. Uh, He's written many, many, many books. Uh, Intelligence Reframed, Multiple Intelligence, New Horizons, uh, I think Five Minds of the Future, uh, Development Education of Mind, and many others. So he's written multiple books. Dr. Gardner established eight intelligences. 
eight ways to be smart. He developed criteria to establish an intelligence, and as a result, other authors have joined Dr. Gardner's work, writing and debating in the area of multiple intelligences. Now, this new paradigm of learning, uh, there's now wide acceptance for the belief that there are eight ways to be smart. We can do it intrapersonally. We can do it interpersonally. We can do it logical and mathematical. We can do it visually and spatially, uh, bodily kinesthetic. We can do it as a naturalist. We can do it verbal, linguistic, and musical rhythmic. Now, each person has capacity in each of these intellects and possesses a unique recipe. We all are a unique recipe that makes us who we are. Now, let me explain the fingerprinting part. Because Dr. Gardner has nothing to do with the fingerprinting. These are all different sciences. That again, one of my fortes, one of my gifts is to bring things together. Like my background's in neurolinguistic programming. But studying transactional analysis and cognitive behavioral therapy, it actually helps me understand NLP a lot better. Uh, just like Dr. Um, Gardner realized that the brain is a sensory-based organ, which is really important because the same thing was learned uh, from Dr. Byrne with transactional analysis. And neurolinguistic programming says the same thing, that our brain is sensory-based. Our language of our brain is what we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we smell, what we taste. And so now let me merge the fingerprints. For centuries, people have been aware of the uniqueness of one's fingerprints and been searching for meaning and identification of the pattern. This has been going on since the day of the Chinese uh, back in the, uh, the dynasties. Uh, there's record of certain emperors would pick people based on their fingerprint styles. I'm just telling you, this has been going on for, for centuries, for thousands of years. Matter of fact, law enforcement, you know this, has been using the fingerprints for identification. Paul Tesla is considered a guru in the ability to identify traits in people. Notice I said this, traits in people. Not just their fingerprints, but traits in them from analyzing, uh, from analyzing hands and fingerprints. In his breakthrough work, The Complete Science of Hand Reading, the back of his book, it describes his work this way. Quote, an exciting foray into ancient psychology and its incredible predictive system nearly 30 years in preparation. And he calls it an encyclopedia of interpretive and predictive data on personality, aptitudes, career, finance, marriage, relationship, health, and longevity. Now, a lot of people have been involved in this process. Dr. Harold Cummings, his seminal work, Fingerprints, Palms, and Souls, an Introduction to Dermatoglyphics, lays out the history for his transformational work. He states that fingerprints have a primitive knowledge and describes the fundamentals of pattern and classification and what they all mean. He goes into history of fingerprints and research of Dr. Perkin J. Galton, Herschel, and others. Now, I said this before. I want you to hear it again. During the 13 to the 21st weeks of gestation, the fingerprints develop. By the way, you don't really have fingers or hands. You got these little nubs. But we get this map formed across the landscape of what will be our fingers. And by the way, with the exception of the fingerprints, as I said before, every line on your hands and feet changes during your lifetime based on experience. Did you hear that? It doesn't just change, but change is based on experience. Your fingerprints are one of five things at the time that I wrote this that we knew were different. But now we know that there are 30-some different things that we know of, and there are probably more than that that are unique to every single person. Whether you're talking about our um, uh, um, 
Jeez, uh, I'm sorry, I got lost there. Well, they're unique to us. Whether you're talking about the, the tongue print, whether you're talking about the back of the iris, uh, the retina, you know, you can do that as well. Those are all things that are unique to us. The earlobe, you know that ear as it twirls around, that little design on the outside of the ear, that's unique to you. Your voice quality, all those things are unique to you. And you got to understand that. These things are make us unique. Nobody has fingerprints like you. And no matter what happens, they will never change. The day you are born, your fingerprints are the same as they will be if you live for 120 years. Like your DNA, like the cornea, all those things. Now, at the same time, while the fingerprints form, the lobes of your brain also develop. The same time. So we believe the correlation is your lobes of your brain are duplicate, are carbon copy, if you will, of the neural pathways in that brain. Matter of fact, if you look at what the ridges of your fingerprints are made up of and what your brain is made up of, uh, check it out. Pretty interesting, the similarities there. Each finger has a print showing the topographic map of the corresponding brain lobe. And I believe God's God of order and patterns, and the fingerprints are a ditto, a carbon copy. So let me tell you how they work. <coughs> Excuse me. So your thumb is your prefrontal lobe. Now, your right side and your left side have two different functions. So your right side of your brain are those special endowments that make us human beings. And your left side of your brain uh, are what you think of when you think of your brain. It's verbal, it's logical, it's analytical. Uh, the right side of your brain is uh, all those special endowments that make us human beings, creativity, consciousness, emotion, where your left side of the brain is very verbal, very logical, where you measure three times, cut once, Logic. where you store all your stuff. So your thumb is your prefrontal lobe. It is your executive fu uh, function. It deals with creativity. It deals with goal and visualization, leadership, judgment, willpower, planning, and management. Your index finger is your frontal lobe. Cognitive function, concept understanding, concept of space, imagination, logical reasoning, linguistic function. Your middle finger is your parietal lobe. That's the kinesthetic function. Kinesthetic feel, movement, kinesthetic identification, operations of body control. Your ring finger is your temporal lobe. That's your auditory function. Sound identification, language comprehension, music appreciation, uh, auditory feel and experience. And then your little finger is your occipital lobe. And that is the visual function. Visual identification, image appreciation, uh, visual feel and experience, visual observation and composition, all those. And then you take the different patterns. Remember I told you the four basic patterns. You have arcs, you have whorls, you have loops, and you have composites. And so each one of those fingers uh, dictates what you're doing in that lobe. It shows you the pattern. It shows you what your strengths and your weaknesses are. It shows you what your propensities are. It not only does that, but identifies six pieces of information. In addition to identifying and quantifying the eight intellects of MIQ, it also identifies the learning style of each individual, including the exact percentage of learning based on visual, kinesthetic, and auditory learning styles. It detects the exact percentage of right brain versus left brain. All this is in your fingerprints. Because today we're talking about the story of your fingerprints. I am Black, and we'll be right back.
Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Oh yeah, I am Mr. Black and the old uh, iron pin uh, frying pan to the head routine. Boy, that's what I feel like happened to me over the last couple days. I've been uh, under the weather a little bit. Uh, and today we are going deep and on uh, a foggy brain going deep is probably not the best thing to do. But today we're talking about the story of your fingerprints. And on this last segment, I want to make sure I get to two things. Number one, I w- first want to cover the eight different intellects that Dr. Gardner identified. And then I'd like to go on the propensities or the patterns, if you will, of at least the three primary fingerprints, which are whorls, uh, loops, and arcs. So let me go through the eight uh, intellects. So first of all, there's the intrapersonal, all right? This has to do with the thumb on the left. The inte- this intellect has to do with the introspective and self-reflective abilities. Those who are strongest in this intellect are typically introverts and prefer to work alone. They are usually highly self-aware and capable of understanding their own emotions, goals, and motivations. They often have an affinity for thought-based pursuits such as philosophy and psychology. They learn best when allowed to concentrate or gather the thoughts in a quiet environment. Theirs is often a high-level perfectionism associated with this intellect. This is one of my top intellects when I got my brain mapping done. Interpersonal. This is what I call the leadership um, uh, uh, intellect, if you will. Interpersonal intellect is the ability to interact intelligently and successfully with others. People in the category are usually extroverts and are categorized by their sensitivity to others' moods, feelings, temperament, motivations, and their ability to cooperate in order to work well as part of a team. They effectively uh, and empathize easily with others. They typically learn best by working with others and often discussion and debate. Now, when I got my fingerprinting done, it it told me something because this is not one of my strongest. And yet I am a leader of people. Uh, And so this shows you that just because you don't have a natural inkling in an area doesn't mean you can't develop it. Uh, I'm a leader of leaders. But naturally, my interpersonal intellect is number seven. It's actually almost one of my last ones. And yet I lead people. I connect with people. So I used to joke with my wife, I really don't like people. But she goes, you've changed 10,000 people's lives. I know. But I know them well enough to know I really don't like most of us called human beings because I know how I am as well. Uh, The next one is visual spatial. Now, visual spatial, this has to do with the index figure, right? So this intellect has to do with vision and spatial judgment. judgment. People with strong visual spatial intellect are typically very good at visualizing and mentally manipulating objects in their head. They have a strong visual memory and are often artistically inclined. They are very... uh, uh, they are very adept at puzzles and geometry. Those with visual spatial intellect are also generally have a very good sense of direction and may also have a good hand-eye coordination. This is normally seen as a characteristic of the intellect. And then you have logical, mathematical. 
This intellect is useful for logical, abstract, inductive, and deductive reasoning and numerical manipulation. Matter of fact, when you think of someone that's smart, when you think of the brain, this is the intellect you think of. Uh, and it's the index finger of the left side of the brain. So uh, this, those with this intellect naturally excel in mathematics, chess, computer programming, and other logical or numerical activities. Other natural abilities include traditional mathematical reasoning capabilities, abstract pattern recognition, scientific uh, and investigation and calculation of formulas. Then we have the bodily kinesthetic. This intellect has to do with movement, physical activity, and coordination. Kinesthetically minded people are generally adept at physical activities such as sports or dance and often prefer activities which utilize movement. They may enjoy acting or performing and in general are adept at building and making things. They often learn best by physically doing something. Those with strong kinesthetic intellect tend to use what might be termed as muscle memory, i.e. they remember things through their body rather than through words, which is the verbal memory, or images, which is visual memory. People with this intellect often possess the skills and dexterity for fine motor movements, right? I mean, you look at some great dancers out there, what they can do with their body. You look at someone like LeBron James. You look at someone like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. I mean, you could work all your lifetime and never be good as these people. Why? Because they have been naturally gifted. And we've all been naturally gifted. The key is find out what is our natural gifting. That's why the understanding comes in. When you can understand yourself, how did God make you? It doesn't matter what you've excelled in up until now. Maybe you are gifted in music, but you haven't had good exposure or good experience. Uh, Maybe you are a, a leader of people. But you've just never had the proper experience or the proper exposure. So you don't know. You can't go through one poor experience, one poor exposure, and then all of a sudden say, I can't do this. I'm not made this way. Not going to do That's why we got to be so careful what we attach to identity. Because otherwise you say like George did, they ain't going to do it. Want to be prudent, right? But what if? What if God has more for you? What if, like the Israelites... You know, Abraham was told and Joshua was told, wherever the feet of your souls, uh, you present them, that is your land. And they took such a small percentage. They stepped on such a small percentage of what God had for them. Well, let me ask you, where are you doing the same thing? Where are you limiting your potential? Where are you not believing in who God made you? The musical rhythmic intellect. This intellect has to do with rhythm, music, hearing. Those who have a high level of musical intellect display greater sensitivity to sounds, rhythms, tones, and music. They normally have good pitch and may even have perfect pitch and singing comes naturally. Now that's May, not necessarily May. They enjoy playing musical instruments and compose music. Since there's a strong oral component to this intellect, it is best to learn via lectures or books. In addition, they'll often use songs or rhythms to learn information and music playing. Then you have the verbal linguistic, which is one of my fortes, one of my strengths. Verbal linguistic intellect has to do with words, spoken or written. People with verbal linguistic intellect display a facility with words and languages. They are typically good at reading, writing, telling stories, and memorizing words and dates. They tend to learn best by reading, taking notes, and listening to lectures 
and through discussions and debates. They are also skilled at explaining, teaching, and lecturing or speaking. Those with verbal linguistic intellect learn foreign languages easily as they have a high verbal, uh, verbal memory and recall with an ability to understand and manipulate syntax and structure. The Naturalist, which was one of Dr. Um, uh, uh, Gardner's last one he came up with. When Dr. Gardner came out with the intellects, he actually came out with seven. Uh, and then this eighth one was added later. And it's called The Naturalist. So the naturalist intellect involves understanding the natural world of plants and animals, noticing their characteristics and categorizing them. It generally involves keen observations of environment. Uh, it generally involves, uh, it may, I'm sorry, it may be enhanced by exploring nature, making collections of objects, studying them, and grouping them. This group may possess developed sensory skills, including sight, sound, taste, and touch, and have the ability to make keen observations about natural changes, awareness of the web of life. To me, that is all about patterns. Seeing your environment. And by the way, that is my second highest intellect. My second highest. That's why I'm so good as a trainer. I see things. I understand my environment. I see patterns. I hear patterns. I feel patterns. Very important. Now you have those eight intellects. And by the way, I told you on your fingerprinting, there are five lobes of the brain. And the right side and the left side are two different things. So there's ten stations on the cross. But I just gave you eight intellects. Because the kinesthetic is broken down into two. It's the gross motor skills, the large ones, and the small ones. And then the visuals also broken into two. And then you got your three different styles of fingerprints, self-cognitive, affective, and reflective. Self-cognitive, self-centered, self-understanding, self-conscious, independent, innovative, likes to discover new things on your own. Uh, you're self-driven. You're a very competitive. Will not easily relinquish without putting up a fight. Remember I told you I have eight of ten of my fingerprints are self-cognitive or worlds. Now effective, which is the loop. Remember I said 70% of the world is this. You are an imitation learner. This is why it's so important. All this crap that's going on in the media. We're programming people. 70% of people fall in the category of being sheeple. You're an imitation learner. Your greatest advantages are your creativity and flexibility. Nevertheless, with this strength, you learn both good and bad things. Therefore, environment plays an important role in your learning. <coughs> you were driven by your environment. And last one, reflective. Arcs, you are full of infinite potential and plasticity. You are able to learn and absorb only if you are given proper guidance. You are a pragmatist. Practical and hardworking, but lack of sensibility. You incline to familiar interpersonal relations and substantial goals. You are efficient and prudent, hence you find confrontations and vagueness objectionable. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been marked. You have unlimited potential. And if you know thyself, if you go and be self-actualized, that's why likeitmatters.net. Let me help you learn about how you were made. How else are you going to reach your potential, even get close to your potential, unless you know the gifts and the programming that you've been given? You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, 
go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters. Thank you.